Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. Everybody's all hyped up about turkey season. Um, <laughs> turkey's everywhere, it's that time of year. Uh, but we are just not uh, ready yet. We're going to be hunting, Frank and I, uh, the May season. Um, Eric, who's on this podcast, has never turkey hunted before. We'll get into that on the podcast, but uh, he's going to be coming along with us. Uh, John's been hunting a couple times right now. He's got the Michigan season's all messed up, so he's got the private land only, lower Michigan uh, for the entire season. Uh, with his schedule, he's putting up trusses today. Everything that he does is going to be kind of like a, an afterthought or uh, before you know, right up just, just basically daylight. Uh, if they don't come down on the roost and, and commit, um, he's going to go back to building this house. So, um, that, that's kind of where we're at, but, uh, really looking forward to May. But right now I got this, uh, that HHA USA shoot over in Wisconsin this weekend and, uh, going to be going over there, going to get to tour the Vortex facility. So I'm heading over there this weekend. Uh, so any of you guys in, uh, Wisconsin around that Madison area or whatever, or if you're going to that shoot, reach out, um, be happy to, uh, grab a beer, shoot some arrows, you know? Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what the, what we've got, uh, going on right now. Um, like I said, turkeys everywhere. It's, it's one of those things where in Michigan, you can either hunt one, if you want to hunt any public land at all, you can hunt a season for one week, um, and try and kill one bird, or you can take the whole, uh, end of the month, uh, basically month of May and, uh, have a little bit more flexibility. So, um, that's what Frank and I are doing this year and, uh, going to be super fun this podcast. So, uh, with, uh, 
everything that John's go, got going on and uh, with his hunting schedule that he had uh, at last year. Um, he's going to be doing hopefully an elk hunt this year and uh, some whitetail. Um, but with us working with people like uh, the Vitali Seed and Lucky Buck, uh, my buddy Mark, I've hunted with him. He's been on the podcast before. Um, you know, he, both these guys I've known for over 20 years, uh, good hunters, uh, great dudes, and they, they fit right in with, uh, you know, th- these guys are my friends. So uh, Mark hunts uh primarily private land we'll get into that um, and kind of talk about the small parcel stuff and kind of what uh, how he's had success uh, getting on small parcels and things like that Um, and then Eric you guys have heard him on here a couple other times uh, with me hunting out of state and uh, he hunts water access uh, all that stuff but this year we're going to be doing a little bit more video Um, we're going to be doing uh, some some fun stuff and uh, I got these guys um, along so this is just kind of like to introduce them bring them on we do talk uh, turkey a little bit at the end uh, I guess probably the second half of the podcast uh, just talking um, about for first time turkey hunters about um, the differences between whitetail and, and turkey and um, all that it's a, it's a fun conversation um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it um, like I said these are great guys friends of mine and um, uh, happy to to see what's uh what what they're going to bring to the table this year um for us so uh some housekeeping stuff got to give a shout out to uh our latest patreon noah spillman um i'll get uh, i'm pretty booked up with this uh archery shoot in wisconsin so next week i'll have all the shirts and um packages going out to them uh hunter jordan uh will get your shirt out so um I, I did get some more hats, so I've got those uh, tarn-in hats with the leather patches with our logo on them. If anybody uh, wants one of those, get a hold of me. I haven't really put anything up about those. And then I did just order some more winter hats. Um, I got some orange ones and some green ones. And the Patreons are scooping those up like crazy. Uh, but I will be headed to uh, the post office next week. So uh, let me know if you guys want any shirts, hats, any of that stuff, because I'm going to be going to the 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 post office getting that stuff taken care of. Um, got to give a shout out again to, to our sponsors, everybody that helps out with this. We just did that, uh, um, quarterly giveaway and, uh, that stuff starting to, uh, hit home. Uh, so the guys are starting to receive that kind of stuff. Huntworth, as you know, you know, they gave away their Durham pants and the Shelton hoodie, like a couple of my favorite, favorite, favorite pieces of hunting gear. Um, I wear the pants, you know, oftentimes around town, um, and the hoodies are great. I'm wearing one of their hoodies right now. Um, love that stuff. They got a, a special going on right now, 20% off for turkey season. So you can go over there and check that out. Um, Spartan Forge, I, we're looking at new properties. We talk about it on this podcast about uh, trying to find a new piece of public and go and kind of break it down since Mark doesn't hunt really any public at all. And uh, Spartan Forge really helps out, especially with their 3D layers and their um, UAV imaging. You can check them out at spartanforge.ai.com. And if you do it on your computer, you can save 25% using code bowhunter. Um, that really, really helps us out. So uh, if you've been on the fence about it, um, go ahead and use that code. And that really would, would help us out. Um, you know, our friends at Latitude with the sticks coming out and those, uh, we're probably looking at, um, you know, beginning of June before those are going to start to ship. Um, and if you're not following them on social media, there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on. Uh, what they've got going on with a podcast coming out, video podcast with uh, Greg Litzinger and Jake Bush and some of the in the field scouting and 
stuff like that. You guys really need to check them out. Um, just got back. Uh, Genesis 3D is local to me. Um, he's got a bunch of new products coming out, and uh, he gave me a, a, a goodie bag of things to, to test out. And a couple of things that I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm going to make some videos here coming up to show you guys those and get with Austin. Um, but you can check them out at Gen uh, Genesis 3D. Vitalized Seed, we just got that today. Um, showed up on my door literally today. And uh, Mark's going to be putting that out, planning that. And we're going to hopefully have a great year uh, over top of that. And then we did get a whole bunch of it that went and uh, is going to go on the ground to our UP property. Um, so really excited to see how that goes. You know, Big Shot Targets today. Uh, got my magazine from ata big shot targets is on the front of that and i've uh, been shooting their full-size deer uh with the recurve out in the backyard and, and um, great stuff go back and listen to that podcast brandon and that company are doing great things in their community uh making their products right here in the u.s lucky buck you know again that's where mark comes in and he's going to got all that down in uh missouri and the deer just flock into it like crazy we're going to be getting some of that up in the up and then Zinger Fletchings and, and Kanadi Arrows. I just set up my sight tape for that 3D shoot, and uh, I'm pretty happy. I've, I've, uh, I feel like I'm their official like quality control um, or torture tester. Um, I've broken uh, two of the, their arrows. Um, completely my fault. Shooting them into trees. Shooting them into. Um, uh, wooden stanchions at the at our Bowman's Club, and the arrows are fine. I just keep pulling the inserts out, so I just got to rebuild them. But uh, those arrows are flying really good. I uh, was shooting them at 93 yards today, so uh, definitely check those out, Kanadi arrows. But uh, guys, we are trying to give back as much as we can to the Patreons, to to you guys uh, that listen, and uh, you know, keep listening. And we'll keep doing as much as we can to give back as much to you. Uh, to you guys as we can you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash bowhunter chronicles podcast we've got our one shot league that's going those guys are doing that and uh tom taylor who was on last week's podcast that we're putting together a spring bear hunt for uh the patreons for next year as well as our uh patreon uh deer hunt this year um gonna be here at michigan so a uh, lot of stuff a lot of community building that's what we do here and uh, we just want to thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us and all that we do so uh, enjoy the episode I know you guys are going to like this one alright everybody Adam back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast and tonight we have got an echo going to no. um, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of different uh, hunting styles and uh, some things that we've got coming up um, so I've got, uh, once again, my buddy, Eric, uh, Eric Nelson and, uh, Mark Slagle. So Mark, if you go back to like episode, maybe five or so he was on in this yeah. very room. Uh, and we were talking about, uh, bush elk, elk hunting and, uh, DIY stuff. And, um, Mark for years and years and years, um, has talked about like putting together, like we need to do like a. It was, he called it a hunting team, like there. back in, back when we played softball. He's like, we need a hunting team, like you know. Where I see all these guys and they got all this stuff and all these things, and um, you know, I was like, yeah, Mark, okay, that's not how it works. Um, you don't just, it, but I mean, I, I guess in today's day and age, you kind of do um, have that. But um, with us and um, kind of getting on board with um, some more of the, the like 
lucky buck with a mineral and mark's been using that for years mark does uh food plots and that sort of stuff um so i'm like well you can be part of my team mark um and do some of that uh that sort of stuff and um we're going to do a little bit more content this year going to do some kind of like vlog style stuff with eric and mark and eric he was on if you remember like about the and actually the podcast before this eric is the one who coined the term for tom that tom is a man's man that tom's <laughs> tom is a real man so is that a thing now oh yeah and, and, and he did say he said thank you for that he said yeah i, I really appreciate that that uh that I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> but if you remember from the podcast uh, with Eric when we were down in Ohio, uh, for me, do you know what I'm going to say, Eric? No. No? It's the exhaust pipe tree stands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, just, you know, we had some. I old... knew that would come up again. <laughs> <laughs> like, like two by fours, all that stuff. If, like, if, like, and knowing Eric's family now, like, if I were to roll through the swamp up there and I came across, like, like I said, like a freaking glass pack seat, <laughs> some headers, like, as like handrails, I'd be like, whoever built this was a gearhead. Like, yep. like, like, you know, small box Chevy headers going oh, into yeah. the, the, ladder but um <laughs> yeah so the, the way that eric does stuff um is way different i mean he, he hunts similar uh style to the way that i do um but he does a lot of his stuff on the river and water access and not that um i mean i joke about it a lot that's like the cool thing to do right you got you got your kayak you do your uh, jujitsu and uh, <laughs> you freaking hunt buck beds that's all you do um, jump on the river bank and roll yep. <laughs> and then M mark's the other guy who's got its deer named he's got uh all the food mm -hmm. plots and the equipment and he's like i don't know you know he, there's a bigger one out there which is is both like you know i've hunted via water access with eric and uh i think the <laughs> first time that i think I don't remember which was the first time that we did it, um, whether it was in Missouri, where you could have killed them bucks. If I think it was before we went to Missouri, then wasn't it, it? But then, if it, <laughs> but if that were the case, then that would have been when we seen that four point. Um, yeah, that's why I'm laughing because, <laughs> well, you know why. Yes, yeah. it sounds great, River Access, but it wasn't that great, was it? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even so the. It wasn't the first time. The second time that Eric and I um, went river access, he had this canoe and he had a trolling motor on it. Yep. And he was like, oh, man, it gets around pretty good, you know. And, he, and you had already killed a buck out of that canoe. Yep. And you went up there with multiple guys in the canoe and got the deer out and, and all sketchy. that stuff. Yep. Um, it, but then we had gone up in there and it was just Eric and I in this canoe. And the fucking canoe would not go. Like they, I think they opened the dam and the river was they, stronger. Yeah, so. they had to. I mean, the current was crazy. And like we barely got across the river. <laughs> and then we were like, okay, well, we're not. He's like, you're. Yeah, what are we paddle. doing now? We're we're both we, paddling. we were both paddling. The trolling motor was on high, and we were we're not going going anywhere. backwards. <laughs> so then we had to. We just were like, we'll get out. And then we walked like I don't know forever. It, well. I think by the river, it was probably a half a mile up river yeah. where we, which would have been really nice had we had a boat or a motor right, or a way canoe. to get there. It would have been really yeah. easy. Right. Um, 
And I think that that's what's kept me away from like going and exploring myself is like how it might be that experience right there. But like thinking about like, cause I know where I can put in and I know where I want to mm-hmm. go, but it's like getting back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was a, an adventure. All yeah. Of, now I can get there in about two seconds with the boat, but, but, but so I just wanted to kind of, kind of showcase that. And Eric and I are hunting together, um, anyways. And I keep trying to get Mark to bring me, uh, with him, but he's he's really tight to the vest with all of his stuff. <laughs> I invited you. I invited you. I, I said, "Come on down, Adam." He he invited ducked out. He invites me like this. He says, "He says, hey, um, I'm leaving in 45 minutes. Would you like <laughs> to go to Missouri or Ohio?" It was like a week week and a half. But I mean, honestly, if somebody says, "Hey, I got a spot." It's a week and a half from now. My buddy ducked out. We have all these deer. There's like four farms that we're on. We have a house we're staying in. All it's going to cost is gas and food. I felt like that was a good offer. Yeah, that's a good I offer. offered it to both of you guys yeah, at the same you did. time. I was offered the same package. Yeah, I just a, couldn't make it work. It's so. a nice package. I bet you. Yeah. I mean, guys, you know, like and subscribe if that would be your thing, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> but uh, I guess so, Mark, kind of go into like your hunting style and and there's a couple of things i want to probably get you on maybe a little closer to the season to talk about some of the actual tactics that you use in michigan um but like i feel like you're one of these guys who is not like i'm gonna find the biggest piece of public and i'm gonna break it down you're like i want to efficiently use my time so if it's gonna be if I got to pay a little money and I'm going to buy a piece of property or I'm going to, um, find some, some, uh, private or find a deal on an outfitter and use that to kind of find more people to hunt with or, or something like that. Um, like what's your hunting background and kind of go to like how you've evolved into like the way that you view hunting today. So probably, probably a little less on the finding outfitter, although I have hunted with a couple of outfitters, but it was like, it was a deal that came right. up. That's, why, that's why I said, um, but no, for me, hunting started, uh, when I was 21, I bought my first house and you came over and you're like, ah, we got to shoot bows. So we're standing on top of the garage and I went down to, I don't even know the name of the place, a little sports shop in Grand Haven and bought a bow for 125 bucks. We're standing on top of the garage, launching arrows and, my first time out, I went and bought a climber, and my first time out ever bow hunting, I shot this eight point. <laughs> it's not, I mean, I think it measured like 95 inches, but to me, it's like the coolest deer because it, it was like it sealed the deal. I'm a deer hunter now. Before that, I would go out and, you know, go gun hunting, whatever, and I shot like a three point or something. But just being out there earlier, and and you'll hear me say a lot, I like seeing deer act like deer. And that's what I get from bow hunting. Um, You know, they're not all sketched out and crazy from the Orange Army in Michigan. Uh, But, but yeah, really, I I like to say I'll do anything to shoot a deer. I've been hunting for a lot of years, and, you know, just in the last probably six years, I've had a lot more success than what I had previously. But... Um, yeah, I do see a lot of deer. I see a lot of bucks. I pass a lot of bucks and I try to wait 
you know, for something that's my next biggest deer, but, um, and in Michigan, I got a couple of pieces of private property down in Missouri. I have a family that I'm hunting with down there. Um, and it's, it's like, uh, it's kind of like a lease except for they don't, they don't want money. So it's, it's really nice for me. They got a house I can stay in and everything. And there's farms all over the place. And I just, you know, try to do whatever I can to help them out because they never want me to pay them. So try to do little things here and there. And, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get down there. We've already been down there once this year, found a couple of sheds, put out lucky buck. I have a, a cell cam sitting there. We have five cameras out right now and four of them are dumb cameras. One of them cell cam and just kind of letting things soak. And we have lucky buck. <laughs> We have lucky buck all over the countryside. You you can see those pictures. Did you see that buck on there yesterday? I didn't. There's, there's so he he gave me the access to that camera and it's a morning spot. <laughs> there's every morning. Oh yeah, like six to seven. Um, there's just deer in there constantly, constantly, constantly. And so it's I I, tell, I used to tell Mark. I mean, I guess it's still the same. It's more like during hunting season, but I feel like he's just sending me like deer porn. It's like, <laughs> here's all these deer that you can't shoot, but here's pictures of them. I'm like, I'm getting pictures of these, these deer. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool, bro. But like, I'm out here like busting my ass and, you know, waist deep water and bullshit and thorns I, and dealing with people. But yeah, so I, I don't look at it like every day because it's oh, like, yeah. there's just too many. And and at this point there isn't like some serious antler growth or anything no. that I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. It was, you know? it was, I mean, obviously the, the antlers were like nubs like this, but the body on that thing compared to the, you know, they're all in that same little area. So when a big one comes in, it's like, oh, <laughs> tell by that's body, a deer. It's huge, yeah. yeah. So like, how do you, um. In in Michigan here, because you shot a couple, like either right at Pope and Young or um, a little below or or above um, deer on on your what's Pope and Young? Yeah, one twenty five. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got a couple of them. They're close to that, and they're they're off of your private mm -hmm. property, and you've been doing food plots for a long time, all that stuff. So, for people who say, well you know, you can't do it or it's too hard or, or whatever. Cause these aren't, it's not like he's in like some crazy County where all the deer have great genetics or anything like that. Um, I think a lot of it comes from like not shooting deer, but like, what is it like, like every year that you do like, this is okay. So when I'm getting ready for like this time of year, what are you doing? Like, when are you doing your food plots? What are you putting in? Why? How are you laying them out? Have you ever been overwhelmed by the hundreds of food plot seed mixes out there? Well, you are not alone. And Vitalized Seed has developed a seed program that takes the guesswork out of food plotting. Vitalized Seed has two core mixes, the Nitro Boost and Carbon Load, to keep it simple. Nitro Boost is their spring-summer food plot mix, and Carbon Load is the fall plot mix, each having a diverse mix of over a dozen different seed types that are highly attractive to whitetail. Food plotting made simple, but it gets even better. Each mix provides necessary nutrients to the soil, making for better plots each season and saving you money by needing less Roundup and less fertilizer each season. 
The one-two system simplifies your food plots just how nature intended. Vitalize Seed. Make biology work for you. Order now at VitalizeSeed.com. Well, every year it's a little different because there's always a new uh, great idea. Um, But I usually try to get them in early, like June, just to feed the deer. Um, For me, it's it's really, it's more about just kind of doing it. And I'll get together with my brother and my cousin. We'll go and do the food plots in Coopersville together. Um, You're not supposed to say where. Oh. It's a podcast. You're not supposed to say. Oh, okay. It's a big no-no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm putting in the one with my brother and cousin somewhere in this general area. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we'll we'll go and put it in those. We get we have more land out there, so that's easier to um, you know we can kind of do whatever we want because they were we had a farmer out there doing corn, and then the last couple of years it was hay. Um, And the hay really, like when they said, oh, we're going to put in hay instead of soybeans or hay instead of corn, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be bad. It's going to ruin the hunting. And I couldn't believe how wrong I was. Like just them having something green there all the time, there's deer in there all the time. And, you know, obviously when the acorns are falling, they're gone, you know, they're off eating. And we have, you know, some white oaks and mainly red oaks, but a few white oaks around there. Um. So there's something to be hunted, but well, <clears throat> so out there, I wasn't, wasn't doing a food plot probably the last, uh, until last year because, uh, the farmer had put in hay and then this last year went out there and, um, I don't even remember what all I put in there. It was like clover, rye, wheat. I was just doing stuff to be, to, to make sure it was green. And last year we got him in a little late because the farmer was kind of back and forth about whether or not he was going to do anything there. And finally he decided, oh, it's not worth it. I can't get my sprayer in there. So I went and ripped that up in like August and did lime fertilizer and a bunch of seed and came up pretty good. It was green. It was a little thin, but it was green. <laughs> and the deer were in there and all all through the winter and then especially back in the spring, we, we saw... A lot of deer on camera, a lot of deer in person. Well, it's it's amazing how much they're looking, you know, snow comes off and they're just looking for something green. There'll be 20 of them standing out there together. It's neat to see because for a lot of years after the EHD, we just didn't, we didn't see it. Um, but then up north of us at that property, uh, there's, a, there's a cut that goes through uh, for a power line. And so mowed until and that that one clover like i went in there and i I just said what you know first year i threw down i don't remember what the seed was like lucky seven or something like that and it didn't didn't do well but i'm looking at the ground and i'm like well man all this clover keeps coming up i'm like well hell i'm just gonna plant a bunch of clover in here then so i ripped it all back up and i i really like spraying i'll either spray and no-till or I'll spray and color packed. And then uh, last year I went crazy with a rototiller and I tilled everything. But um, so, yeah, I sprayed it, waited a week, rototilled, um, did a, a lot of clover seed and lime fertilizer. And then I always color packed it. You know, it, I can't stress that enough it, unless it's really wet. Uh, once you fluff up the soil by tilling it, 
colopacting it pushes that seed back down in there and it locks it in and you can tell where I miss with the color packer because there will be a bald patch. You know, it's always shaped like this because you didn't go quite in a straight line. So now I kind of color packed it two ways to make sure I got good seed soil contact and, you know, stuff grows up. But I don't even, I mean, at that property, I didn't even hunt it last year. Planted my food plots. I had cameras. No, I, I did. I hunted it the one time because... Uh, your wife said that I was I was facing the wrong way for the wind direction. <laughs> I snapped everybody. Um, but yeah, we just I I look at what grows there naturally. You know, if it's grassier stuff that grows there naturally, I'll do rising weeds and stuff like that. If if I see a lot of clover, I'll throw clover. And if I'm not fighting what the ground actually wants to do, I I have a lot of success. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting some of that Lucky Buck seed. Do you know, do they coat that seed? Does it have the? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I I, th- I thought we had some last year. Uh, I know I put some in the UP last year, but I just threw everything together. Yeah. yeah we, pr- we I planted so much stuff up there and that, you know, my, so my, my cousin and the, what you're going to get is that, uh, the vitalized seed, that stuff that goes, um, it's going to like feed the soil for next year. Oh, cool. So it's, everything is good for the deer, but it's putting a lot of nitrogen into the soil. That's the, that's the plan. Like my cousins up in the UP, um, they brought in like a dump truck full of lime yeah. for that, the field right next to the camp there. Like we just did like maybe a quarter of an acre of that last year. And I had one camera on it and it was just deer after deer after deer. And then they, oh, we had another plot up there that, um, I didn't have any cameras on and we didn't, it was just like an afterthought. The one uh, that's up above the driveway yeah. coming. So, so yeah, that, that stuff, um, I, I don't think that's coded either, but uh, he's going to get that to us here pretty soon. That is, um, I was just going to say that. So the, the spot over here, that's more of an urban spot, but I, I mean, I can't, can't stress enough how cool it is when I have a plot come in good over there, just how many deer are using it. Cause it, it's always been grassy, but the grass gets, you know, waist high and I'll mow it and whatever. And the deer will come in there and browse a little bit. But if I put in a good plot there, because it's, it's urban, it's like they're eating everybody's hostas and then my food plots. <laughs> so it's, and that's a good spot for, uh, I drove by that today. It looks like they're developing it even further, like up almost on the like, north side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and and so like one of the things, and um, we'll get to you, Eric, here in a second. Um, but like I, Mark, I, I think you're a lot like my brother in like you do a lot Good of looking. No, <laughs> no. tall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that and that you do like a lot of networking. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh, kind of like. I don't want to, I hate to use the term like weasel your way into stuff, but like, that's the way my, I feel about my brother. He's got all these like private spots to hunt yeah. and he's like, I don't hunt public unless it, you know, unless I have to, I'll come down to your level. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I get it on, on both sides. Cause like it, it's tough to leave deer to go like battle it out. Or, you know, if you, if there's deer there that you're keeping tabs on and you want to kill them or whatever, um, it doesn't really make any sense to go 
but I did just have this conversation with another guy who hunts the one property that I hunt. And it's like, even though there's good deer there and you're kind of like mesmerized by them, you know, you still like, at least for he and I, I'm like, well, neither one of us killed like one of those big bucks in there. Right. And he's like, well, I passed a whole bunch of deer that I wouldn't have passed, you know, maybe on a different property that I didn't know what was out there. And it's like, but maybe there's a deer that's just as big as those other ones. That's like in a spot that's easier to kill. Yeah. And not that there isn't those deer weren't quote unquote, like easy to kill, but there was like so many of them and there were so many eyes that that's what the problem became was like, it was like, and you know, where we were hunting, so many people were seeing these deer too, that like there was a little bit more pressure and there was, you know, there might've been a guy where you wanted to be and just, he killed him on a day that you didn't. And, you know, well, that, and that's, you know, like when you and I went to up North by the greater Silver Lake area (laughs) that one year and like that, like, I don't mind doing that. Like I, I like going out and finding that stuff and, you know, finding the Ridge with the acorns on it and all that. My struggle is, like, we would go down to Missouri and hit, hit some of these uh, public land spots, and we're like, okay, we got a plan. We talked to the CO. We have an electric bike. We can ride it in. Uh, if we, we can't leave the two-track with it, so we're going to go, like, three miles back in. Like, this is going to be sweet, so... You know me, I built like a rack for the bike and I got a stand and I got my bow on my back and I'm doing all the things. And here I go at four o'clock in the morning and I get out there and uh sun starts coming up and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. And I look out and there's like five dudes <laughs> sitting on the edge of the field, like on buckets. I'm up, I'm the only guy in a tree stand and there's like a guy there, a guy there. They're like a hundred yards apart. Yeah. There, well, when we went to Missouri, there was people everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that like last day or whatever, you weren't. That, no. Well, yeah. That we, guy walked in. Yeah. Yeah. And the way he came in was miles. miles. Like it, miles. Yeah. I almost felt bad for him. Well, I thought. And he I was, was, didn't he just like throw his hands? Yeah, he did. He like threw his hands in the air and turned around and went the other way. But. Maybe that was me. It might have been. <laughs> but the, I mean, it, it just. There's another spot that I was I was looking at down there. I'm sitting on the edge of the field, and it's just starting to get dark, and the deer are coming out in the field, and somebody drive up, and they're just out scouting, I guess. They drive up to the field, and they'd look, and all the deer would clear out, yeah. and then they drive off. Okay, deer coming back, another truck stops, the deer are gone. I'm like, it, that's what really pushed me when I – because when I weaseled my way in, like, <laughs> I said we we got to find something. Because I love hunting. That's this definitely area. a struggle. Well, I want other people. I, I want. I really do want to hear about that. And I think the listeners would like to know, like how you get onto these properties, like out of state, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what he was saying, right there on those things, like what did you hear, like that, like because I I guarantee you heard what I heard when he was saying about where he was sitting and what he was seeing and what was happening. I have Nothing. no idea. <laughs> no. Well, he said, well, I'm sitting and then right on the edge of the field and like I'm on the edge of this field. And it's like, I think that that's like, if you hunt private property and you put oh, food oh, plants yeah, and all the stuff, like that's where you would set up because you, you hold all the cards, like you're in control there. And that's where all the, the Tom, Dick and Harry's on the fucking 
five gallon buckets are going to set up or where your ladder stand is going to be set up. But like, I don't think, I mean, I guess the one year when we hunted in Ohio and it was, it was quite a ways back there. I did set up on this little grass field, but like, I can't think of any time like where I went out of state where I was like in anywhere where I was like on a field edge where there was like anybody else could access it other than like either across the field. Like I couldn't see the road. It was like one of those like L shaped, like little, there was a big field Uh and like where the grass comes out, you know, you, so this, it, where we're at Missouri, this, it's popular spot. Um, but the, this, (laughs) yeah, it was really that, that week it was super popular and it was 92 degrees. So I'm like sitting still sweating with mosquitoes all over me. But um, Missouri is just different than Michigan in, in that it's a lot of fields and tree lines or draws. So when you're saying, you know, I don't know if I'd set up on an edge of field, you're either setting up on the edge of the field or you're sitting in the middle of the field where I was. <clears throat> there wasn't there wasn't no uh, other option. <laughs> I mean that when we were looking and going, oh, there's a big, there's a big piece of cover. You get in there and it's like 45 yards across. You could literally sit on one side and shoot both fields from, <laughs> from the big piece of cover. Uh, so it's just, it's a little different down there. And I'm sure like, you know, if Kansas guys are listening to this or whatever, they'd probably be like, oh yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> Cause it, you know, in Michigan, you'll go like, you go out to a public uh, state land piece and it's like, couple hundred acres and it's like out of 200 acres 190 acres would be woods and that's what i'm you know kind of grew up doing right and then you go down there and it's like you see all these crazy deer but there's no trees like i'm gonna get a tree stand that looks like a blade of grass and lay on the ground (laughs) (laughs) so so when you're down there and okay so that like peter's out for you like so how do you weasel your way in? How do you, uh, the, the, the name of the podcast, weasel your way in with Mark Slago. Um. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I, we, so the, the town that we're in only has pizza hut there. It's the only thing. So we were eating at the pizza hut and talking to my buddy and I'm like, man, we got to figure something out. Cause we're just sitting in the woods, sweating with dudes driving around or walking around everywhere. Um, so we're, we walk in and I, if you know, Kurt, he's like, every time I got a great idea, he goes, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) So we walk in and I said, let's go sit over here. What? Why? I'm like, those boys look like farmers. (laughs) (laughs) So we go and sit down and we're talking to these guys and they're really nice guys. And they initially didn't want to talk to us about deer at all. <clears throat> and then uh, somehow we started talking about fishing and they're really in fishing. And so and I was telling them, yeah, we're from Michigan and blah, blah, blah. And, and talking about salmon fishing and walleye fishing and all the fishing and uh, got going on that. And I kind of wrapped it up just by saying, you know, we've been struggling over here, explain, you know, what we've been running into on the state land and, you know, want to know if they had any, uh, if they knew if anybody that would let us hunt and everybody tells me no. And this guy told me, yeah. <laughs> so it was interesting. Cause he's like, well, we got to run down the road. <laughs> so nicest guy in the world, but 
little different dialect down there. So he's like, we got to run down the road. Uh, we got to stop at the shed and pick up a head. And then I'll show you a couple of spots. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go do that. Let's, uh, the shed, and the, yeah, the, the head. Let's go. So we go get in Kurt's truck and he's like, first thing he says is, Slagle, that is the best thing you have ever done. <laughs> like if you die right now, your success, we have private land. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I go, what do you think we're about to walk into? And he goes, well, what do you mean? I go, the thing about picking up a hat at a shed. Like, <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. And he goes, well, maybe I, it's probably a deer head. And I'm like, eh, these guys don't care about it's a hunting. toilet. <laughs> yeah, it's not a toilet. You got to... If you're getting a, I don't know. a head of a shed, what are you getting? <laughs> Did you have to blow these guys? <laughs> Only twice for their job. <laughs> I'm so, thinking like a lawnmower head or something, like a deck or something is what he's talking about. Uh, I don't know. You're close to that. So I said to Kurt, he's thinking it's a deer head. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like a head of cattle. These are farmers. They probably have cattle over there, and they got like one cow. They had a cattle. For like before lettuce, each day. They had to get lettuce. <laughs> So we, we go down the road, and they pull in, and they pull up next to this this pole building that looks like like an airplane hangar, but the size you could fit an aircraft carrier in. I mean, it was like, it's like my whole, I, I'm, I have a one-acre piece of property here. This barn would cover this pe- whole piece of property. You'd have to pull into the barn from the road. I mean, it was so, I don't know what size it was. It was massive. Oh, probably for a combine or something yeah yeah so we pull up and they slide open this door and it's like huge door huge door and he pulls he's got a king ranch f-350 dually four-wheel drive pulls it up and it's the head for a combine and we can't get it out of there with that truck like we're frogging (laughs) around with this thing for a long time trying to get it out of there finally we get it out and it's like i don't know 65 feet long or some stupid thing. It was crazy. And I'm like, ah, okay, I had. And I'm like, what was this shed? Well, the shed, it's a giant pole barn. (laughs) Everything's a shed. If it's not a house, it's a shed. Um, But then while we were in there, the one thing that caught my eye is there's another head in there. And I probably have a picture of it somewhere, but um, there's like a 13 point with 12 inch tines, like, this and i'm like wow was it you know it's just it's got all that the hair on it and stuff like they just cut the head off put it in the barn and so i'm thinking somebody hit it with a car and they're like oh no no uh my nephew shot that and like they just they're not big into hunting and so for me that would have been like full body mount (laughs) (laughs) It would have been like artistic, like it's running through a field, like probably would have taken up half this room. And yeah, they just cut the head off through it in the barn for a while. So shed, um, shed with the other heads. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that was the that was the shed you put all the heads in. But uh, so yeah, then we went and looked at uh, a couple of piece of property, and they were the one was only twenty two acres, but you know how I love these little tiny piece of property. And, uh, that year though, it was, it was, uh, the drought year and EHD was super bad down there. So I saw more dead deer than I saw a live deer. I mean, there were deer everywhere just laying there dead. 
So we wrapped up, got out of town. And the number one thing that I will say to do is I grabbed, uh, they didn't want any money. So I grabbed a Pizza Hut gift card and a BP gift card. And I got some thank you notes, handwritten thank you note, left my phone number on there, gift cards, sent them off. And I'm sitting here. That was the year that I had the knee surgery and the back surgery, like same time. So I'm laid up and my phone goes off and it's the farmer. And I'm like, oh my God, why is he calling me? It's like a month later. I'm like, oh shit. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Did he see that I cut that branch off that tree? <laughs> oh, he's probably he's probably pissed. Oh my god, did I drive through the field? Did it? What did I do? Like I'm thinking I screwed up, and I answered the phone, and he's like, "Mark, that was the nicest thing." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> he's like, "Man, I, I that was just nicest thing." If you boys didn't get any deer yet, you should come back down. And everybody's done hunting. You can come hunt at the house. And the house is like this huge, like almost 2,000 acres, but it's right at the Iowa border. And I'm like, oh, man, that that would be cool. But here I am with, you know, laid up, just had back surgery and knee surgery. So I'm, my hunting was done that year. I said, well, I'm done for the year. But I'd really, you know, if I had the opportunity to come back next year, I'd love that. So, um, talked to them the next year, they had us come back and they actually had a vacant house and they're like, so if you want, you can stay in this house too. And I'm like, that's a bonus. Cause the, the motel down there was horrible. Um, and it was always booked because it was the only thing near the, the state land. So guys would come travel down there and they'd have their weeks all booked up. And so you couldn't figure on weather or anything like you're booking in March to hunt in October and that's it. So to have that house is awesome. So I was just like, you tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. So I did, I painted and Wayne's coat and cleaned and I don't know, did some electrical work, just whatever they want. I'll, I do some work on this house that I'm the only one that stays in. So they threw some furniture in there, so I got a nice little. It's a nice little spot now. That's awesome. Last year I went down and I <laughs> picked up a refrigerator, like a full size refrigerator, took up the whole bed of my truck, drive all the way down there, and I'm like, this, you know, they're gonna love this. I'm gonna put a, you know, a fridge in there because there wasn't a fridge in the house. So I get down there and I get this fridge out and I'm by myself. That was the year that my buddy bailed on me. 
haul this fridge, walk inside. Really wish I would have looked inside before I hauled it out because <laughs> they had bought a brand new fridge. Oh, put it in there. <laughs> Which was awesome. <laughs> but no, it was, so it's cool. And every year they, uh, we have all these different places, you know, they're like, they have names for them. We have names for them, but, um, I think we have about 500 acres of private right now. And then in December we did get to hunt up by the house. And that was like, I, I showed you that video, that one, I'd, you should include the video on the podcast. Cause I just, we're out there going around and we had two and a half days left to hunt and farmers like, well, why don't you come up to the house? I'll show you around. So he drove us everywhere. And so we're, I figure out where I'm going to hunt and there's all the ag was down there standing beans. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to hunt near that. There's like a bottom and a transition. So, you know, with the wind prevailing wind out of the West, I kind of went to the East of the fields and kind of north so that I, or sorry, south, so that hopefully my wind would carry off into the neighbors and not screw up my deer. And so I get everything set up and I'm private walking. land guy, my deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I get everything set up and I'm like, well, talk to my buddy, Andrew. I'm like, well, what should I do with this camera? He's like, ah, we'll get, we got two days. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And so I just throw up my bag and I start walking on him. like, it's already paid for. I got the camera. I'm right here. So I pull the camera out of the pack and I just strap it to a tree and we get out of there. It's like 11 o'clock at night. We get out of there because we're hunting in the morning. <laughs> Go back to the house, have a couple of beers, have a couple of bourbons. <laughs> Andrew's like, look at your phone. Video came through this buck. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, it must have. That thing probably measured, what do you think, like 160? It was big. It was it was crazy. He didn't and, look at it. <laughs> no, it was, he sent it to me. I know. He looked at it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a different world, world down there. And to, to look at a deer and judge it, it it's a whole different thing. Because I got, you know, little, different little eight points and, not dogging on any of the deer that I shot because I'm proud of all of them, but like it's a it's a whole different class uh, when you get down there and they get a little age to them, and you know to try to judge that know know what you're shooting. That being said, I I, I did see a couple big ones last year and I messed up on both of them, so I got new, I got a new bow. It was probably the bow's fault. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> that's what I'd blame it on too. And so what do you think, like, Eric, when you listen to that, like, style, that scenario? I think uh, I'm going to go to Missouri and look for a Pizza Hut <laughs> with a King Ranch in the parking lot. <laughs> you could just no, go with me. You want to go, go with me this fall? Sure. All right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't hate on anybody for their hunting style. It's it's just a different style. I mean, I think it's awesome. I, I would... If that was me and I would have met that guy, I would have totally took advantage of it too. Like, yeah. who wouldn't, you know? I mean, it's a great opportunity. I would definitely go for it. Yeah, that's not what I was getting at. I was just saying, like, uh, from the perspective of, like, I feel like you've been hunting 
you know, for a long time, but I think it's been in the last couple of years where you've kind of like really dove in and like yeah. started to like break down this stuff and you do it at like a really high level really quickly, like very like analytical and you're like, okay, well, this is what's going <laughs> to happen. But you're shaking your head, but you, but you put in the time and you do some of that stuff like that other guys don't do. Yeah. And like you're, you're hunting where there's a ton of other guys and like you're seeing on like a daily basis, like hunt by hunt people doing exactly like what not to do. Right. Oh yeah. I mean like with For your sure. own eyes. Yeah. Like, you don't hunt over there because of the wind, you idiot. Like, yeah, I right. saw the same sign that you did. And right. that's why I'm over here. Yeah. And I, I try like when I run into those people, I try to educate them like, Hey, where are you going? You know, Oh, you're going over there. Well, you know, I wouldn't go over there on this wind. I would hunt it on, you know, this wind and yeah. try to educate it because what they're going to do is blow it out for everybody that hunts. I mean, mm -hmm. as much as it irritates me that they're there, you know, I still want to help them and not blow that area out for everybody. But so do you, um, cause I think this is the way that I would feel, um, but do you, do you think that you would feel like claustrophobic a little bit? Hunting like yeah. he hunts? I don't know. I, I mean, he's talking like thousands of acres in the one spot. So. Well, but it was 22 and then it was well, yeah, 500 yeah. and then yeah. it was, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that first year we had a uh, 120-acre piece and then a 22-acre piece. But it, what I like about that, the, the one spot that was 22 acres, it was really cool because it's on a river and, you know, the the majority of the trees that you see are right on the edge of the river because if they don't leave those trees, then their fields all kind of wash in. Um, so it's a, it's a travel corridor and the deer hang on that corridor and they run up and down the field. Um, so... Where initially I was like, oh, it's a little, I want to be kind of dismissive of it. Now, again, I own two 14 acre pieces of property, so I don't, I don't really throw too much shade at small pieces, but you know, I wanted to go to the bigger piece and I got over to the small piece and I was like, wow, there's a lot of sign right here. And I've, I've seen, a I mean, biggest buck, I was drawn back on a 140 inch ish. Uh, deer called the imposter because we thought it was this other deer and they're like twins but this one happened to have three points on his g1 on the right and i'm drawn back on that but i drew back on that one because there's like a 165 inch deer over here that was at like 80 yards and just standing there in the middle of the field looking at me and this is all happening on this little tiny piece of property and it's i'm 400 yards off the road every time a, a truck you know slows down the deer would boogie out of there but they would run right to the tree line where i'm sitting so that was a little better situation for me so it but it it just feels like like such such big country because i'm not running into a bunch of other hunters like that's what i probably like the most about it is i'm seeing deer act like deer i'm seeing bucks breeding does and 
you get to see the chase and you get to see, you know, when they're, when they have a dull lockdown, like they're, they're doing all the things that, you know, honestly, I thought were kind of bullshit when I was younger because it never happened. Like I, I would see deer running like crazy away from, you know, a dude with a 20 gauge smoothbore shotgun. Yeah. I think like some of that is like time in the woods and timing. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I, I would say the same thing, you know, there's been, there's been a few different times, like a couple, couple times in Ohio and then uh, maybe one or two times here in Michigan. But it's like, if you hit it right where you're like in the woods at the right time and you're, you, I feel like if you've done enough homework to like be in a good spot or like a spot where the deer want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what you're talking about. Like this spot is like where the deer want to be that you're gonna, you're going to end up seeing that sort of activity and this year for me was like oh my god there's deer everywhere running around rutting grunting you know yeah. fighting everything and it's like that never happens you know and, and, and you know your buddies that they say like oh my god i seen seven bucks this morning and i saw like they're fighting and they're running each other off and like all these little bucks just burp, 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 burp. I'm like yeah right man but like at the same time that was like when i would spend you know 10 days in the woods and then I'd hunt like just one spot or whatever. And it wasn't a good spot. It was just like an easy spot or, or whatever. And that, that I think even without like killing a deer like that, if you don't get like amped up to get back in the woods or like that, then, then like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like I didn't see freaking Maximus or like whatever, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Maximus, my dog, (laughs) that's my black lab, (laughs) you know? And, and to me that that's the thing, but like I, what I love about like even our, our property in the UP, you know, when you talk about private property and, all the stuff like that's 240 acres. That's a big piece of property for, for most people. They would say, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it's timbered. But when you get, you know, four or five guys, well now you just suck it down quite a bit more. And then if those guys aren't hunting the right wind or, or whatever, yeah. and then it doesn't really matter if you're in a good spot necessarily because they could be screwing it up just like they do right. on public land. But that piece of property has all this public to the north of it. And we've got, you know, hunter sign right up on the edge of our property too. Because yep. that's where people are, I mean, like the one creek that you were hunting on, there was two arrows stuck like in our draw, like on, on our trail. Like someone was shooting off of the private uh, or public right. onto our property. And you know, it's going to happen, but it's like, it gets the, on the, on, on that side is cool because, you know, for us, we have access to move up into the, and that's where I find myself wandering off because I, I guess ignorance is bliss where I don't know where every time Dick and Harry is screwing me up up there, but I do know that my freaking family's, <laughs> you know, I know where these guys are and, yeah. you know, if, if they're just accessing it wrong or if, somebody's going to hunt somewhere convenient and it's not the way that they have to get there. Maybe they're hunting the right spot, but the way they have to get there is going to walk through all the deer or whatever. And the the spots that are the best on our property are the ones that either nobody ever hunts because they're too close to the cabin Mm -hmm. or they're the furthest ones to get to with the least uh, desirable access. And 
I think that's kind of like the way that it is no matter where you go. But, but for me, I feel like when you have like these set boundaries, like where, like where Eric hunts and his, I'm, I can't believe like that you say that that buck your dad killed isn't that big. Cause maybe it's just a picture that makes it look big, but it looks like a freaking moose. Like just, <laughs> it looks like it's got mass like that. It's a nice thing. buck. I never said it wasn't, but you're like, Oh, you know, you know, it's, uh, it's no, okay. it's, a, it's a nice, <laughs> buck. One of those I mean, yeah. no, but, <laughs> Definitely not. but like that's, I don't know how far it is across, but it's these two <laughs> roads and there's like nothing in between there. It's like three miles across yeah. straight across. And so like, you got all the world, you know, the world's your oyster at that point to like right. be able to pivot and move and adjust. Yeah. And you see deer over there, you can just go over there where it's not like these property lines or like fence lines or you see them out there in the field and, you know, you can just do whatever you want. And so, and that's what I, that's like what I appreciate about like. And, and, a, you know, honestly, the, some of the public land that I've hunted down in Missouri, I'm not, I'm not hating on it. Like if I, but again, I know that properties that i have exclusive access to who's going to be out there i've never i've i mean i've been hunting down there at, on these private pieces for like five years never run into another hunter i mean i've never had anybody walk over i one at one time i saw a guy drive out and check his trail cameras on a jason piece property i was like oh what is he doing oh he's got a trail camera oh yeah that's trail camera i can see with my binoculars he drove out and drove back, but um, kind of the inverse of what you're saying, though, is like, I know one of your things is like kind of, okay, seeing what the deer are doing, so here's my plan for tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. Well, I have the same thing, but I'm doing the opposite because I'm tied in by these boundary lines, which you guys are too, to some extent, but right. mine are just a lot smaller. Um, so... You know, I have my rattling antlers and my decoy, which I'm sure you're tired of seeing decoy videos, but I've shot all of my bucks over the last two years. Well, 22, I guess. So 20, 21, 22, I've shot all of my deer over the decoy, but it's also because I'm always hunting with it. But watching a deer respond to that, it like the... The one buck that I, I screwed up on this year that was just massive, I rattled him in, and he came in to like 17 yards, and he's just behind all this stuff. So I tried some weird leaned-over shot to try to get around all that stuff, and I grazed him, didn't kill him. But he got there, and he held up because he's like, okay, I'm here. There's, you know, I heard two bucks fighting. You know, wh where are they at? And he's just looking around. You didn't have your decoy out? Did not. I was too, I was lazy because I had on that piece of property, um, it, when it rains down there, Missouri mud is a thing. It's a, hmm. it's a serious, like remember in the eighties, how big a deal you thought quicksand was going to be? <laughs> That's Missouri mud. Like my boots are, I, I didn't even take them on my truck yet because there's so much mud on them from going out there and putting out trail cams. You walk down that field and, and, you know, guys talk about how heavy their stand is. Well, think of each one of your boots weighs 45 yeah. pounds. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So I was being lazy. I'm like doing this, doing that. I got everything set up. Was, we do a lot of, um, hunting all day, moving stuff around at night. Uh, so it was like 11, 1130 at night, putting out a stand and, you know, we're getting all the stuff and, 
Andrew's like, you want your decal? I'm like, oh, no, shit, it's over at the other so over at the other spot, I'm not going to go all the way out there and get it, come back, and then walk all the way out here. I'll be good. So this year I bought another decoy. <laughs> I got two now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he came up 17 yards, and he's looking around, and I feel really confident that I would have had an opportunity on because all I needed him to do was cross this ditch right here, and I I had every shot imaginable. Um, But he wouldn't wouldn't come across, and he wasn't – he didn't know I was there. Uh, wind was coming over the top of his back into my face. So I don't believe that there's any scent on the ground. And, of course, scent does weird things. And so maybe there was. But he was just standing right on the edge of this line looking out, trying to see in the field. Cause, and, it was, and it was nuts because as soon as he started coming, I stopped rattling. And he came on a run right up to that spot and stopped. And he's like, hmm, I don't see anything. Yeah. And he just stood there for like 10 minutes and then I screwed up and that's that. that. It. Hopefully I see him next year. That I mean, it it was, had to have been all of a 155 inches, if not more. I mean, you saw the video of that one. That was the, the one in the river? Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a nice buck. Yeah. You showed me the video too. Did I? Yeah. All right. So what is like your plans for this year like what is how does it how's it gonna like play out and and when we get a bit closer to uh deer season i want to talk about like the decoy setups and the rattling because you killed those deer in michigan not only in missouri or like states where you're like oh that that'll work out there but it never it never worked in michigan you're doing it here so i don't want to get into that today but like down the road but as far as like what is your like plan for the year for here in Michigan with your food plots and all that stuff. And then, well, so you loaned me that saddle. So now I'm a saddle hunter. Been telling all my friends thinking about getting a CrossFit too, but <laughs> you get a kayak. Are you going <laughs> to, I'm like, I'm like, cause that one spot is right on the river. So I'm like kayak up to my spot and climb up and then saddle hunt it. Um, but now that the saddle is cool. So I love, I love the idea of, of being mobile. Um, these, uh, sticks that you're showing me that, that excites me to be able to have something that, cause I realized on the one, the one piece property that it was about a mile and a half crossing two, two cricks. And when you got a crick out there, cause it's all clay, like it's, it like cuts in deep. So, it's a motherfucker to climb down and then climb up and seems like, you know, 40% of the time it's raining and about 50% of the time it's drizzling down there. So it's always mud. Um, but it's, uh, I got all the way back there and I had, um, that, that great big stand. He's the only guy in the world. I think that it's like, you got any deals on the XOP Maximus? I like need, I need to stand that's 30 (laughs) inches wide and it weighs just as much. I, I, you know, I felt, I always felt good carrying it. I'm like, man, for kind of a beefy guy, Adam's a little bit of a puss. He can't carry a stand around. Jesus. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I tell you what, I've realized real quick when I had the XOP, four of the big sticks, a decoy pack, 
the decoy, my bow, and the antlers. That's my mobile setup. Whoa. <laughs> I'm walking. I'm, I'm a walking yard yeah. going through the woods. Oh, my God. And it was it was something else. And I got out there, and I'm like, okay, I got to change something. Because now, now that we're getting on some of these bigger pieces of property, we're we're going a lot farther um, to get 400, in there. 400, 500 yards. Whew, it was like the one, the one farm that I was telling you, it's like right on that corner. That's like a mile and a half to get back there. It's, you know, especially with that Missouri, you know, 45 pound boots are no joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got in there. So anyways, so doing the, the saddle hunting, that was an experience and I, not a hundred percent comfortable, but I definitely see the advantage of being able to just walk in there. And what I think I'm probably going to do though, is get several sets of sticks and leave sticks on trees because then I just wear the saddle and, you know, wearing a saddle and, and just walking out there and like click. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I get it. Do you prehang like a bunch of stands down there then? Or, uh, what I always do is, drive down there, leave, you know, whatever time arriving in town, like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And then, uh, we'll go and set up one, one stand for each of us to, you know, be able to just do something in the morning and not, not have to screw around with it. But we, like when I talk about, there's not a lot of woods, there's, there's not a lot of woods. So, you know, my one buddy that's been going with me, um, he's going to go with me this year. He's like, well, I want to, you know, I really want to scout some more. And I'm like, well, that's awesome, but we can, we can go scout at all. But out of the 120 acres, 115 of it is a field. Right. <laughs> it's just a tree line around the edge. So we'll, I will scout the whole thing with you, but it's going to be a quick walk. Like, there's just not a lot, <laughs> right. not a lot to see. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, when we found those sheds and I uh, keep pointing at here on the table, you know, we were walking along and there's like, I keep, I'm thinking, oh, I got to check all the fence rows and where they're crossing ditches and whatever. Cause that's the antlers are going to fall off. No, they're the ones I found were just out in the middle of the field. Well, the one that I found this year was just like laying in the, like this, like little two track, I mean, it was just right there in the mud, you know? And, and the one I found earlier this year from last year was, um, what flavor you want? doesn't matter. Was, uh, in a spot that I know that I walked by 50 times, you know, and it was just like sun bleach just laying on the top of this white grass. Yeah. And you still never found one, right? I have never found a shed. You've been, you've been there when I found one though. Yeah. A good one. And the yeah. worst, <laughs> that was a good shed place on earth. Yeah. That one I think was a year old one. I know. So that spot there was a spot that we kept seeing that was private, that was abandoned. Mm -hmm. And that spot was right above that. Right. Well, when I pulled up the Spartan Forge on that spot and blew it up so I could see 3D, it lays out perfectly. And like where we were, where we were at, Mark, was like, I don't know. We were like right on the edge of these like they had to have been close to like eight foot tall briars. Yeah. And like everything we did down there was briars. This yeah. Ohio? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
and briars it, everywhere. I was say, yeah, they're eight everywhere. Eight foot tall briars. I mean, that sounds like Ohio. <laughs> that's all there is in Ohio. And those, what are those spiders? Well, I don't know. Wolf spiders? I mean, they're it, like when I was down in Ohio. <laughs> so. I mean, let's be, it was like arachnophobia. Well, they're everywhere. Well, oh, yeah. So Thanks, I, Adam. I taught, I taught Eric a little something. What did, what did we learn down in Ohio? <laughs> If you shine your light and it, something shines back at you, it's a spider. It's their eyes. It's yeah. their eyes. And when you shine, they they're are, everywhere. They're everywhere. So oh, yeah. I had to test that theory, and they're all spiders. <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> oh, so Kurt and I went down, and I, I had a work trip. I had to go to Ohio, and I'm like, well, why don't you go with me? The whole thing, you know, it, it's already paid for, so might as well go down there and look at some land. So we went to these different state spots. And uh, I text Adam and I'm like, you got any, you know, any spots that are decent or any that I should stay away from? No, I don't even think I got a reply. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right. Thanks, bud. (laughs) Wait, wait until I get some private in Missouri. Well, Well, I mean. No, I get it. It was somebody else's spot. No. Yeah. But Eric knows like when we were down there, it's like. It's like, all right, we don't, and we freaking ran into a dude from Twin Lake, Michigan. Yeah. Like on the exact Crazy. same draw Renault. that Eric was on. Yeah. yeah. Was it Renault? Yeah. I mean, it was one of no. his people. But, <laughs> Definitely wasn't. No, but it was just the wildest thing. But, but it's like, I don't, the way that people are, first of all, the way that people are about their spots, but then like, like exactly what you're talking about. Like if I say, okay. If you're like, okay, well, people might just look for like a town bordering Iowa yeah. that only has a pizza hut and then look at like the numbers that you threw out and then just look at the map and say, here, 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 here. We might need to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> and so like. Okay. I mean, I, I get don't... that, but I, and I'll, I mean, I'll also say like they could, but if they're going to go to all that effort. I could tell them places where I saw a lot bigger deer. <laughs> it's just, you know, that the it's a really cool place down there, but it's not. I mean, I didn't see any 200-inch deer well, south further when I was muzzleloader hunting. <laughs> well, and I th- I think I think that there's a, a balance there, and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to kind of um, put together with this is. The food plot stuff that's, you know, I, I feel like most people, I think, I think most people around, around us and the people that kind of gravitate towards this show or whatever, um, they probably have access to 10 to 40 acres yeah. and they could do a little food plot and they can do the stuff. So to, to show what you can do and then people who want to have, you know, they, they're like, well, I don't really care. I just want to have a lease that I can go to and something mm-hmm. that I can have that's consistent in, you know, how does that work and whatever, or like, how do you even find something like that? Especially in today's day and age where yeah. everybody is so cutthroat. And then the other side of it is, is like the, I mean, personally, like, I don't know, like Eric's friend there, the man, Tom, he <laughs> says, I just want to keep doing things like hard, the hardest way possible and keep handicapping myself and, and all that. And I think, 
I think I'm more towards that side of it. Like, oh. yeah, like, I can kind of relate to that because a lot of times, like if I shoot a deer in a spot, like I won't even go back there the next year. And I don't know why that is. You know, if you want to do it the hardest way possible, don't play the wind and wear <laughs> cologne. <laughs> but I like, I get opportunities where people are like, well, I got a bunch of deer over here. Like come hunt here. Yeah. And it's like, I would much rather like, go scouting with those guys like on a property that I mm-hmm. want to hunt right? to see the way that they break down the land rather than say, okay, there's deer. This guy already has these deer figured out. Like I'm not right. in it just to kill deer. I'm in it to like, I guess like to prove it to myself that I can do it. And I think the more, I don't know, the further I get down the road, mm-hmm. like it's more and more about that. Like, uh, like I take pride in like, I I don't know, like if it would be like being like a provider or like a good hunter, but like Mm -hmm. being able to, cause I I feel like, you know, I say, oh, world's worst bow hunter. Right. But like, I feel very confident in to be able to go into a spot and like, if I had to kill a deer, like I feel super confident in being able to do that and not because somebody said, well, you just go sit here in this ladder stand right. and do it. Like, yeah. Just be able to go in anywhere and be like, okay, this is what's happening and, and, and to kill one. And and I think I want to get Eric out uh, turkey hunting this year for, for that very reason. I was having that conversation earlier this week with uh, with Bernie, with one of my buddies. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take him out because he's never turkey hunted either. And Bernie, I know. Yeah. Okay. Travis, the one from the Marines. I, don't, I I said Coopersville earlier. I got in trouble for that. So. <laughs> you said it again. <laughs> At it. You do the um, beep. So it sounds like I'm swearing. <laughs> um, but I think it's that's the way that it is about turkeys. Like for me, like I think turkey hunting is a lot of fun and it's exciting because they answer back. But I think I've had some really like with Frank and like and John and. I've had some really good people like show me how to turkey hunt Mm -hmm. and where we live, there just happens to be like 12 million turkeys. So (laughs) like, it doesn't, it doesn't like surprise. Like if I went out and didn't hear a gobble or didn't see a turkey or didn't screw something up, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I would be more surprised at not seeing or hearing anything than I would be like going out and like messing up an opportunity. Like I don't, I know it's really like probably disingenuous to people who are like, well, I can't find a turkey. And I'm like, it was so easy. And I think people are like that with deer too, mm-hmm. you know? And, but I think I'm like, for as little time as I've been turkey hunting, I feel like I'm a better turkey hunter than I am like a deer hunter. Like I could kill a turkey with a big beard a lot easier than I can kill a deer <laughs> with a big rack. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I think it's just maybe like opportunity or like there's a lot more of them. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm curious, so going back to something you said earlier about feeling hemmed in or asked Eric if he'd feel, so you've hunted my property up there and and you've gotten turkey out there and whatever. Did you, is it the same thing when you're turkey hunting? Oh, it's fishing a barrel. Oh yeah. Up there is a, it's a freaking trap. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not even a, a thing. 
<laughs> like it's a guaranteed like it's guaranteed you got them tied up out there oh, or what? i mean but it's it's just they just, they just go i mean yeah, every day but it but it is it's it's um you know frank says turkeys do turkey shit well this area there's not a whole lot of land and there's a whole bunch of turkeys and like he said there's a freaking power line on it so where turkeys want to be we talked on the uh, the live podcast and you know guys talk about like strut zones and all that stuff like this is like the like one of that there's like a grass field like a, on an adjacent property and like that's where that's where it gets to be fun is when the turkeys are over there like you can either just wait them out or you can like use your ability to call and and mm-hmm. and, and bring them in but they're gonna be in one of those two spots. And if they're not there, then they're not, they're not within earshot. So it, to your point. Yeah. I mean, or they're sitting cause them damn things. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be roosting. Oh, I'm right out there above. bow hunting and they'll, they'll be roosting in my tree. <laughs> and I don't even realize it until they fly down. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, that's super fun. And like, I want to bring um, Stella out there this year, mm-hmm. just to get her like a gear, like without you know, without bugs, without a lot of walking, without a lot of you know BS surrounding it. Like to have like a a positive like. A, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Decova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Very visceral experience, like right off the get-go. But to be like, that's turkey hunting, like, I think that that's how a lot of people, like, harvest turkeys. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to shoot them. But, like, the, the dudes that came up from new york and ohio last year and i was like well i i know where there's turkeys there's gonna be guys you know like if you want to hunt public like we'll go here and walk around the corner and kick some hens up and 
walk and, you know, call some turkeys. Never got a response, but found some more turkeys, missed a turkey, kicked one off a nest, went to another spot. They're out there strutting. So we try and sneak in, try and call them, you know, then we had another one and he's like, man, this is awesome. And I'm like, he's like, when was the last time you hunted out here? I was like three years ago, probably three years. And he's like, so there's just, you just know where they're at, you know? And I'm <laughs> like, a tracker. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, we walked, you know, probably three miles or more, but it, it wasn't, it, I would have been more surprised if we didn't see anything or hear anything, you know? Yeah. And it's a, it's a different thing than like at your place, but you know, turkeys kind of tend to do the same stuff. They like to be in the same kind of spot. So in there, you can call it like, and maybe that's what's what you enjoy about that process with like deer hunting is oh. you're you're having like the this reaction. Oh, the but, interaction you know, is amazing. Oh yeah, you we, get an interaction with deer like that. When I you know that that buck that was in the river that we were talking about, initially, he's on the other bank and I'm grunting. He gives zero shits. He goes down in the river. I'm grunting. He doesn't care at all. So I get can grab the ones with the blue string on them. There, is that gonna? So. This right here, that's fine. It, this has seen a lot of uh, Christmas parties up here. So. <laughs> so this right here, these are like my megaphone rattling antlers. And they, I mean, you can hear these from a long ways away. So I started slapping these things together. And he gets up, he gets to the top of the other bank. And he looks to his right and he looks to his left where I'm at. And just starts booking it for me so when that happens man oh my god that is the most exciting part of deer hunt or to watch watch these deer like you know it all the different deer like i, I love sending people snaps during deer season i mean it's probably like with you and the marco polo i'm assuming that's similar but i love sending people snaps and and a lot of it is the deer interacting with my decoy Cause they'll come right up. I mean, they'll walk back and forth and they always parallel back and forth, back and forth. And they just come right in and I see them interacting and like doing all this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It just brings a whole different level of excitement, which I would say is real similar to when you guys are calling in turkeys. Yeah. And, and you've never really turkey hunted that much, right? <laughs> no. And the thing of it is, is like, I think probably from like a turkey hunting side of it is you'd think it'd be more of a hindrance because like granted there's tons and tons of turkeys, but because there's tons and tons of turkeys, there's more turkey hunters. And now these turkeys are being educated by these decoys and, you know, depending on where you're at and like, what's it really going on? Like you need to, to, to tailor your decoy setup based on like, what's happening if you like we have this big boss tom and like these turkeys get so like skittish or they get hung up yeah you know, 50 yards out whatever because a lot of times they don't want to get their ass kicked right i mean and that, that <laughs> and that's what it is when you get into these situations where there's all these turkeys and like especially jakes and stuff like that they're you know they've had their ass kicked all year long and maybe they're maybe that big tom that they watch get shot or whatever, 
And they're like, well, he's back, shit. Like, you know, like. <laughs> so would it make sense to, like, put a Jake with, like, a little one-inch beard, oh, inferior dude, well, like, small shoulders? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but there's a, um, in, I don't know. There's, there, I would imagine, like, in different parts of the country, there's, there's different things. But, like, how realistic, how big, all that stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the decoy that I shot has worked really well for us. It's, it's a three-quarter strut. Uh, avian x decoy and yeah. it it's pretty realistic looking it's it's like i want to say it's like two-thirds of the size of like a real turkey so it it's like this unassuming and so it looks like it's like this puffed up jake and then you do usually just take like one of our hens and just throw it on the ground so it looks like a bedded hen or like a breeder hen yeah you know but i th- but 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 to the point i'm getting at is i think that like from many people's perspective, they look at like decoying deer as the same thing. And, you know, John Dudley, he's got videos where he'll only put one antler on it. Oh, yeah. So, or he'll have them like all messed up looking. So it doesn't look like this big boss right. buck up yeah. there. I'll turn the antlers in so it looks kind of a little basket. Yeah. Or something. And, and, yeah. and I think that that's where like all that is, is probably similar. But from, from turkey hunting, like if you're, if you have a decent setup, and I don't mean like, because up until we started bow hunting, I'm like, we never had a, a tent or anything. Like we weren't out there. Like we were literally running gun, like just sitting on the ground up against the stump. Maybe we put out decoys, maybe not. And if you have a good enough setup and you kind of understand like what the turkeys are going to be doing, you would, um, you'd set up and call them and they wouldn't hang up. You know, and like the way that Frank calls and like the way that he's taught me is like just to be patient. You know, you give them the business and then you kind of let it go, get an answer, maybe give them a little bit and then just wait. Because at that point, like you're gauging like whether they're looking for you or not. And so like I don't, you know, without that real like vocalization, it's hard from like a deer perspective, especially for someone who hasn't done it. And if you're not hunting an area that has a field or like has a site or like has a, a wide open space, like to be like, all right, well, I'm going to set up a decoy and this is what it's going to do. Like I had plenty of opportunities this year where I hunted to like set up a decoy. And I think it would have worked on multiple occasions, Mm -hmm. but it isn't something that's like ingrained. And to, to your point, they're big and heavy and, like whatever. And and it depends on like how realistic do they look? How, you know, how aggressive do they look? You know, what, what is it that, that makes one better than the other? And like I said, I want to get into that on a whole nother thing, but from like a Turkey side of it, like basically when we're hunting turkeys, we're hunting rutting turkeys, right? Mm -hmm. So, so they're, they're gonna, they're going to be coming to you is this gonna be your first year hunting turkey? Yeah, I've never hunted turkey, so it's it's so fun. Like if you can hear, like I think it was last year, we were out with Casey and Frank, and we were in a we were in like if I could pick one spot on public land for the open like for the turkey opener in Michigan, in like our area. Like we were sitting in that exact spot, but, but this was like late in the season. So like this has been 
like overhunt. Oh, it's been just yeah. crazy. But we're sitting there, and f- like off, like off the roost. There's turkeys gobbling, and they, there's, there's turkeys that could be in like ten different spots. And there's turkeys gobbling like on three directions around us. And Frank's calling, and the turkeys are gobbling, and then he just shuts up. And I'm like, okay, he just shuts up. You know, that's, that's what he does. Well, the turkeys are gobbling, turkeys are gobbling, turkeys are gobbling, turkeys are gobbling. Nothing. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling Casey, I'm like, and I don't call over him because, like, I'm not trying to mess up his mojo, you know? Yeah, right. I, I know, he's having a conversation. I know for the most part he, like, knows what he's doing, you know? And finally it gets to be, like, noon, and he's like, all right, well, let's go find another spot. And I'm like, why didn't you call back to those turkeys? He's like, I, they never gobbled. And, I'm like, <laughs> and I had the same thing happen with my brother who, who can't hear worth, you know, he's, he's like literally deaf, like for, like, if you were to like clinically give him a thing and he's had it go out there and he was hunting with his wife they're walking out there and turkeys are gobbling everywhere. And, uh, we went to a different spot, but same property. I'm like, we're, we're going to kill one this morning. Like we're going to kill one. And we, calling these turkeys and i've told it on the podcast and they they walk by at like 35 40 yards he's got you know a 30 inch 10 gauge with three and a half inch shells like kill turkeys at 60 with that gun you know all day long and he's like he's like they're too far like that was the like state record (laughs) turkey that just walked by you and then he was like well why are we moving this is a great spot i'm like it ain't how turkey hunting works, man. They were, they were sleeping up there. <laughs> they flew down and they walked past us. But he never heard a gobble at no, all either. Never one. No. Hmm. And and so I think that that's the one thing is like, unless you, unless you can see them or you're like clairvoyant, like you got to be able to hear them too, <laughs> you know. And I don't know, but it's it's super fun. Like, and it's, if you know where there's turkeys and there's public land, like if you know where there's turkeys on public, like it's it's a ton of fun because it's not like I say this all the time, but like you know at your place when I miss the one with the longbow, trying to shoot him in the head with a longbow. Thumbs up there, <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I was dinking around, dropped my coffee cup. It's clinking. I'm Marco Poloing people. You know, turkeys are gobbling everywhere. <laughs> we're just laughing like it never had so much fun because like i've never i don't i don't well i do i do now like have some know someone who's like hunting a specific turkey but like every deer hunt i feel like it could be the deer of a lifetime but never once is it ever going to be the turkey of a lifetime so there's not that much pressure i mean <laughs> no unless, pressure unless you're like down in mexico hunting the like oscillated for your slam or whatever like there's no turkey that hunt that's going to be like that much pressure like when you mess it up like pff, uh, whatever i don't know i mean i'm assuming you've messed up on deer before lots of them it, like i've not i've i've messed up all all of the deer that I've messed up on were like the biggest one. And it's a, but I've never, I ne- like, I, I feel like I take something away from it. So I don't really feel bad about it. Like I was, I was kicking rocks a little bit. Cause I know, especially with my running buddies, uh, <laughs> you got to have thick skin to hang out with those dudes. <laughs> like, 
we I'm still still getting shit on because we didn't kill anything this year, but Andrew and I are both like this was like by far the best year. It was so yeah. cool. We saw so much stuff. I had um when I was using my decoy, I had deer uh responding to my decoy. I think I snapped you that that one eighth I probably should have shot. I think it was I think that one would no, it was a nine point probably would have went like 130 inches would have definitely been my biggest deer but we were seeing deer i was seeing deer a couple hundred yards away they're like 150 160 but it was just it was such a cool hunt and i was like well if i would have shot because there's one that we named trigger that i took all this video of and i didn't take the shot it was a windy day it was like 44 yard shot and i didn't i wasn't feeling comfortable so i wasn't going to force it so i let it go and that was in september and then we went back in november um saw all kinds of deer and i messed up on the the buck that was in the river in november and then we go back in december and hunted this whole time and i saw all kinds of crazy deer because i was hunting a different property um, and then I mess, <laughs> I mess up on another one. So I messed up on two deer, but it was like, like if I would have shot, so if I would have take, if I would have forced that, that first shot at that deer and it was probably a 140, 145 inch buck, it was a nice buck. Um, I never would have saw that one that was like 155 or 160 or whatever it was that I messed up on. Like it. It was it was worth it to me to be able to prolong the the hunting experience for the whole season and be able to see all the stuff that I saw. You just wanted a lot more heartbreak. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you ever seen those videos where the guy just stands there, and gets kicked in the nuts? That's me. Been there. But I think like my point is on all of it has always been like, and I I I definitely proved that wrong like last year, the year before, but. I feel like every deer that you mess up on or that you see like with a bow, like should be dead with a rifle. So it's like, it's that, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's that, uh, like, pro- like the, that progression that like, yeah. you know, betterment. But like what I was saying though, is like, there's no Turkey that's going to be this like 200 inch double drop time <laughs> once in a lifetime deer, you know, for, for anybody. Like there's no Turkey that's like that. Like there's no way that I'm going to be Ten like beards. Yeah. <laughs> eight inch spurs. Yeah. Like it, it just doesn't, it, it, it's never like that. And you know, you're not, I mean, maybe there's guys out there, but like, I'm not looking over them with a fine tooth comb. Like, so that reminds me of like growing up hunting, like, you just shot like the first buck that walked out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like you didn't, you didn't wait, you didn't pass on bucks. Like that's not how we grew up. So kind of like turkey hunting, you know. Well, and at Tom the, walks out, you shoot it. it well, in that that live podcast, you know, they're like, "What do you do if you like calling a bunch of jakes?" I'm like, "Why well, shoot them?" Like I don't like, <laughs> right? even, like you know, I'm not like, oh jeez. Well, first buck I ever got, I was I think I was seventeen or eighteen. And I'm out there hunting, and in the spot that I was hunting, my dad, um, he was 400 yards back, and he hears all this shooting, so he's looking up my way, and he had a path cut through to my field, and I ended up shooting the the buck, but when he came up, he goes, I I wondered what was going on, because I saw that buck running across the field, and I was like, 
why isn't he shooting that thing? And it was a three point. I mean, it, I got it down in the garage. It's this wide. It's a three yeah. point, and that's just what that's just what you did. Yep. And it wasn't until I, you know, because I shot, I had a literal box of antlers that I couldn't even tell you what the deer were from, where I should, you know, I I know where I shot them because I shot them all in the same place, but. I had all these like fours and sixes and threes and like a spike and whatever and just a box full of antlers down there that I really I didn't didn't really care like it didn't it didn't resonate with me I didn't have an experience but like that buck that one came into my decoy and was like standing there sideways and like kept going back and forth and like I shot it I shot him at 15 yards with my bow that was an experience <laughs> that like, it's just a whole different thing to me than just shooting the first, right. first one that walks out. I think that, um, that's like also important. And it's, I think it's kind of important, you know, it's good to hear you say that too. Um, not necessarily from the, like, it didn't really mean anything, but from the same point as like, you did shoot all these little bucks mm-hmm. or these, and I'm, all these bucks, it didn't matter like how big they were or whatever, but it, it's not like, it's not like you just started hunting and you're like, well, you know, I'm passing these one forties cause there's bigger ones out there. <laughs> and, and I, but I think that people think that that's like normal and especially for younger people and new hunters and stuff like that, because you know, the, I, I guess like, I think what social media does is it makes it like, it, it paints this picture of like normalcy yeah. of yeah, this. I agree with that. But, but like back in the day, like what you're talking about is like, we would watch that stuff on the primos videos right. or you'd see it in like outdoor life or like field and stream, but it, because it was in print or because it was on TV or you had to buy the DVD, you did, you were like, Oh, I can't Didn't achieve that. Right. I couldn't achieve that. And now like, you don't know who these dudes are on social media, but because they don't have like a million followers or like, they're not like, you know, you're like, well, I, and everybody's posting them. It must be, that's the way, but they don't, you know, you, you there should be like, uh, you could, be, you should be able to see like a filter of people in your area. Right. You know, <laughs> like, like, and then be, they would be like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, um, and well, so, so I think that that's, you know, important because it does, when people start to say like, uh, like, well, there's 140s now it's passing and like, oh, I probably should have shot him. He's like 130, uh, but he would have been my biggest buck, but you know, there's bigger ones. Like it sounds kind of like an asshole. Well, like, the, <laughs> the, the, oh, and I'm a hundred percent agree. The, uh, the fricking, um, what, and when I'm going out there hunting, I'm hunting for me and what I want to do. Like I give zero shits what everybody else thinks other than my running buddies making fun of me for not shooting anything at all ever. Um, but like, I get so sick of reading this stuff where people are like, yeah, here's my eight point. Probably should have let this one walk, but there's nothing that irritates me more than when somebody posts a picture of a deer. And in the very first sentence, it was like that they were disappointed with it. Yeah, they're like apologetic. They're, that like, is the worst thing ever to me. And then other dude, like we're a community of guys. All of us hunt. Like I get it. A lot of people like talking shit on the internet and being stupid and whatever. But 
seriously, you should be built. I mean, when I see guys post that and they're like, oh, it's been, you know, it's been a lot of years since I, I shot one. And it's like, awesome, dude. Don't be apologetic about right. it. Don't sound disappointed about your deer. Right. Be proud of it because you took a life, you harvested the meat, you, you know, hopefully you took care of everything properly and, and, and your freezer's full and you're, you're good to go. You know, I could see being apologetic about rushing a shot and making a bad shot. But, right. you know, if you, if you're, you know, taking an animal you should be proud of it. Right. And every one of these deer, I'm proud of them. And I'm, I'm just saying for me, and it also back in the day, I would shoot like four or five deer a year because that's what we used to eat. And now I'm like, well, I'm probably only going to eat two. So I don't, I don't shoot four. I shoot two. That's just what I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, what I'm saying more about these is like, I, I know the story because I'm in and it's more of a, and I think it's probably the bow hunting that's done it more than anything. Cause I used to shoot all those with a shotgun and, you know, hunting with a bow now it's much more of an experience. And I'm, I mean, I don't know if you realize this. I haven't, I haven't gone out. I mean, for all those guns I have in the other room, I haven't gone out hunting with a gun in probably four years. I am, you know, I have a crossbow and all that stuff. And I, I hunt almost exclusively with my compound bow. I couldn't tell you the last year I took anything except for my compound bow and went deer hunting with it. So it's just kind of, you know, just the experience of it for me is uh, probably more meaningful than, than really, you know, that one's a little bit bigger than this one or whatever. Yeah. I think like I, I, you know, I feel like a broken record, but it's like, to me, the the thing is like why I think I like not having the cameras, why this year was weird that I did see all those bucks and I did know that there was a bigger deer there. It's like that comparison is a thief of joy. Like, like I'll be real happy to shoot, you know, a lot of the deer that I passed this year, except for I knew there was bigger ones and then I shot no bucks. Yeah. And it's definitely a lot easier to pass on smaller ones when you know there's bigger ones in the area. Oh. Well, Andrew's down there. And so we're in a county that's got the, the county, the law or the rule or whatever is eight point. So it's regulated. Um, so he knew he had to shoot at least, well, not eight point, sorry, four on one side. So, so he knew he had to shoot at least that, but he's never shot a buck. And I'm like, what you used to say, you got to get some under your belt. I believe that's right. Frank's yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. You got to get some under your belt, get a yep. deer under your belt. Um, so I'm encouraging him and he's down there <laughs> in the area that I put him in. Uh, we call it Maureen's backside. And it's like, if you can figure out that reference, you're really good. <laughs> but so he's sitting on Maureen's backside and he's texts me in about every three minutes, <laughs> he's seeing a bigger deer and a bigger deer. And he's like, he didn't even have snap on his phone. So he wanted to snap me, so he's trying to download Snap, and the the internet's terrible there, and whatever, and he can barely have service, and he just like text after text. Oh, I just saw the there uh, like a ten point just went by, and he just kept grunting and grunting. And he's on the other side of the fence, and then I saw this deer over here, and I saw that deer over there. And man, I wish I had a decoy. Like it was so cool to hear his excitement about about the the deer that he that he had opportunity on and that he was able to see. 
Uh, but that really ratcheted up what his minimum number to shoot was. <laughs> but uh, like, I was just, I'm just like, man, just, just shoot one. You'll be like, if you get one under your belt, it'll, it'll be a whole different thing. <laughs> well, and I feel like that getting one under your butt belt has like different levels, right? I mean, Eric came and helped me on the easiest deer recovery in the history of the land this year. Yep. And that was because like, it was like in the like October lull period or whatever. It was like in, in this like middle ground. I got in late. I seen all these deer. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot a doe tonight. If I, if I get the opportunity, and then I seen all these deer and I was like, shit, I can't go any further. So I looped around and it was, I don't know, 45 minutes and I, I shot a deer, but it was that, you know, it's, everything's all well and good in theory until that buck is out in front of you or, and you got to make these decisions. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm going to shoot a deer and like get grease back up you know i'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get one yeah. under my belt right now you know for so that i'm ready that you know so i'm gonna make a good shot there's no pressure there's no nothing and i think that's where guys mess up too is they're like well you know i'm not gonna shoot one early i'm gonna wait and then no oh, but then there was box and now there was there was yeah, a, i was gonna shoot this doe and then there was a buck dogging her and like but he wasn't big enough and it's like it's like that now you're just putting it off. Yeah, be opportunist. Well, but it, but what's happening, and, and like I've done this so many times, and I've talked about it like with different guests on the podcast. Like we get inside of our ho our head so much, and for most people, like that aren't like rabbit or hunting multiple states or have all these tags, you know, you might only get one or two opportunities to like shoot a deer. Yeah, and if you mess up that first one. Then, like, all the doubt creeps in, like, you made a bad yeah. shot, like, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you need to just shoot something and then then work up to it. And I think we're, what's very interesting is, like, we're doing this, like, one-shot group in, like, the Marco Polo. Because they wanted to, like, uh, the, bow hunter, the bow hunting league does it. But it's, like, a one-shot cold shot. And you shoot at this dot and you see how close you can be, but it's cold shot. So it's your first shot. And what range? So they take a pair of dice and you roll them. And That's the first one. Yep. And it's been, so the winner each week rolls a new one. And, and so it's been, I think the closest one was like in like 31. This week was 64. Mm. Um, and I think it started at like 61. Wow. Um, but what what you see is like these guys are doing this shooting live and they shoot their cold shot and they're four inches off. Or I think the winner this week was like three inches at 64 yards, which is good. But like really good shooters are like off the paper on their first shot. And then they shoot the next one and they're, they hit the dot or they're yeah. an inch out. And it really kind of shows you. Yeah, what a like, cold shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what we're doing when we're hunting, you know. Yeah. And then and then you do that when there's an animal there and there's all this stuff that creeps in where, oh, I should have really shot that buck. I should have taken that shot. I shouldn't have taken that shot. I should have did this. And it's, you know, there's there's way more to it uh, between your ears yeah. on the, like, 
getting some under your belt. Oh yeah. You know, and and I feel like there's there's been like a few times in my lifetime like where I've been like present enough in shooting a deer that like in the the, the that 10 point that I killed was I had already shot a 6 point and when he came in I'm like he's going to die. Yeah. Like you, I was you, I was That's the one where you had all the cameras up and everything. Uh no, that's one where I didn't. Oh. No. No that one that the one that I killed on on video um was just kind of like by happenstance but that the one I killed the year before that was like it was a no doubter and I was drawn back and like the the me the year before or maybe earlier in the season he stopped and kind of looked at me and I would have shot him right there but I was like he doesn't know what I'm I am I'm not there's my I got good wind. He's coming in. Like, just wait till he puts his head down and takes takes a step. And he did when I laced him. But not having, like, there's so many other times where I've not been present in the shot. And I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not even, like, I'm not too proud to admit yeah. that I get so worked it happens at that time. And I think, you know, for, 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 a, for someone new who's never killed a buck, and then you're going to be like, well, there's a bigger one. There's a bigger one. Like, dude, well, you just got to shoot yeah. something, man. And, and that's the thing. I wouldn't say that Andrew was like that. Like, but he he definitely. I would be. Like, he saw eight points like that over there. And then um, then all of a sudden he'd see one that's, I don't I don't know what he was seeing. I don't have videos. But, I, but let's say it was like a 140-inch buck or 160-inch buck. They were big. And I can show you one of the deer because one of the guys that hunts that property has got the, the hero pick sitting behind it the day after we left. And it was it was big. Um, but he did. When we went back in November, we moved over to the different farm. And we're out there in the freaking rain. I mean, it was, it was cold. Um, we're getting rained on. And it's, I think it was like high 20s. And it's kind of like rain, sleet, like just nasty, sloppy. But we're both freezing our asses off just trying to stay out there as long as we can. And he he texts me and he's like, oh, I just saw, just saw a really nice one. And then he texts me like two minutes later. He goes, I missed a monster. But he he drew back and he shot and his release or his uh, rest didn't flip down. So he said the arrow just like, I don't even know if he even found the arrow. It was just gone. It was way over the deer's back. But I saw that, I believe it was that same deer because he's like, yeah, it went this direction. So I'm looking and I can see deer moving through like a whole bunch of deer moved out after he shot. And I said, I mean, just this freaking buck. And just, I was impressed for being a, a newer hunter without a lot of deer under his belt to that he just had that presence of mind that he's like, you know, he, he did everything and it was at like 20 yards or something. So he probably would have shot it, but his freaking rest didn't go down. <laughs> and that's why, again, another reason like why I love bow hunting, because everything can go right until oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, and, it, and that's for me, it's when I'm sitting there with a gun and I'm not, not dogging on, gun hunters or anything like that but for me personally 
it's a lot less of a challenge like to to be 10 yards or 15 yards from a deer is a whole different thing than being 150 yards from a deer and and you know you could do all the same things but with a gun it's like boom all right well now it's at 150 and i i missed it at 100 now it's at 150 and boom 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 it's like you're not very seldom are you going to get a second shot with a bow i think i have twice ever but like it's very hard to say you're going to stick another arrow in there and get another shot the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So Eric, for you, like what's your, what does your year look like? What are you saying? Okay. This is like from this, this point right now till the, like I'll, through I'll, the end of the season. I'll probably get before season, probably three or four times. I'll probably get out and scout. I like to get out like two weeks before season and just put my boots on the ground and see where they're at. Like see, you know, what's fresh. Um, and then, yeah, I'll hit it hard first week, but I'd love to go out there with you one time and just see what you like, kind of what you do, what you look for. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the kayak idea is like, <laughs> so I think, I think, but I think the difference is, is like, it's, it's, it's really funny that when we, like, we look at the map the same way, like yeah. we'll pull up the map and we have got the yeah, same, it's points on it but the way that he reads it on the ground like what you're saying is the same way that i feel like like that's why i would rather i don't want eric to be like oh come down here because here's a spot with a good spot or like whatever i'd like to go and like scout a spot together and and see like the way that he sees it like we did in ohio because it's like it's 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 an entirely different it is. Everybody interprets everything so much differently. But I feel like you're, like I said, like your like learning curve was like, like you were like, well, I never really hunted the river and killed a bunch of bucks. Well, it like, was, <laughs> you know, for me, it was the drive, man. Cause you know, where I hunt up North, it's an hour drive from my driveway yeah. to where we go is an hour. And it's a long day. You get out of work, drive up there, hunt, drive home, go to work the next day, do it again. Like, so I just, I mean, you know, and then my dad hasn't been going up as much as he used to. So a lot of times I would go up by myself and it just gets old and I can, you know, there's a lot of public within, you know, 10 minutes of my house I can get to on the river. So, well, and I'll say that, you know, for me at least going out early in the season and getting deer when they're still on the pattern, when you're, you're driving around all summer, you're like, oh man, there's a whole bunch of deer out there. Well, they're going through something to get out to those fields right? and, and to know that they're on those summer patterns still like that first probably 10 days. I think I probably told both of you guys, the deer I shot this year locally was on o- October 10th. And then last year, October 10th, the year before yeah. three years in a row, a deer on October 10th. But 
I've always told Kelly, I'm like, I just like, give me some grace this first like week and a half, two weeks of deer season, because yeah. this is where I'm going to spend most of my time. you can pattern them and in the summer, them first two weeks are, they're and usually I, still there. And I'm not even going out. I'll, I'll hunt any one of the properties that I have access to, or I'll, I'll go and do whatever, but just being out there early because you, you kind of get that October lull and a lot of guys get out there and, and they're, um, they're hunting and deer getting a little weird. And then they, I feel like when they go into the chase, it's, it's harder to hunt them in my opinion, when they're chasing. See, I think I, I feel like I'm, it's, it's fun for me to hear like these types of things. Cause for does in like, I feel like that's where I say, like, I can just go out and find a deer. But, like, for me, it's all about the rut. Yeah. Like, like, but, like, that chase, that's the easiest part of the year for me to find deer. Because, like, I know, and, like, Greg Litzinger, he's like, I'm the worst rut hunter, like, in the world. Like, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm terrible. And, but I, but I love that time of year because it's like, if you can just see the sign and read the sign and kind of have an idea where the deer is supposed to be, like, there's going to be bucks there. Right. You know? Well, and the, and the other thing is, you know, going back to me being a firm supporter of, of, uh, decoy land. manufacturers <laughs> of private land. I, so, and it is, it is nice because that great big freaking decoy, you know, carrying that out there and screwing around with it on private land, I take it out there and I lay it down and I cut, I cut a beach branch off every year cause they hold their leaves for so long. And that's my decoy branch. And, I just lay it down and throw this beech tree branch over top of it. I'm out of there. And then when I come back, I just flip it back up, (laughs) Um, you know, and I'll move my stand around or whatever, but I, I always just leave the decoy out there and I I think helps with scent. But um, a lot of guys are like, you're, you're using a decoy on October 1st. I'm like, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're curious animals. I've, I haven't had a, a bit of problem with it, but I love being out there early season and just having the deer kind of come through like, you know, they normally would. And all of a sudden they'll go, Ooh, is that, Oh, that's not Bruce, man. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that eight point with his antlers all turned in like that. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I guess just as a like recap or capstone and the whole thing like that, that's kind of why I want to have like this podcast and mm-hmm. because you guys have like very, different styles of hunting but i think it represents like a lot of the listener base right as far as like you know if eric did crossfit he'd be you know the guy killing bucks on the the river saddle hunting telling you all about it um (laughs) and, and and then mark on the other side is the guy that does you know small properties food plot um with success and then you know everything but the the out of state lease again from that perspective of management and kind of efficiency um so I, uh, and these aren't like these aren't just uh like random people who I'm like yeah these are the guys for the podcast like we could probably do this it'll be a good mix like Eric used to drive me to vocational. 
<laughs> Mark used to try to beat me up. Uh, Enough try very hard. <laughs> oh, I ripped his sweatshirt one time, and you'd have thought it was the end of the world. Um, so these are guys that I've known for a long time, and I know like their like the uh, personalities and like the way they hunt and the way that they like uh, are like super focused and passionate about things. So I think this is going to be like a real good um, kind of like mash up for the podcast. It's not like, Oh, well now John's not going to be on the podcast, but John's taken basically from now until September 15th. I think my daughter gave him, that's what my daughter gave him was September 15th <laughs> uh, to get his house finished. And then <laughs> if John gets his house finished in time in a reasonable manner, then he's going to go, um, I think he's going to go to uh, Colorado and elk hunt this year. That's his, that's his plan. But I'm trying to like give him as much, you know, I'm not trying to be like, we have a podcast now and now and now and now and now. And I'm not like trying to say, well, John's not part of the podcast anymore. These are my two new guys. Um, it's just, it's just a matter of, of, of timing and, and kind of like, uh, what we're doing anyway. So yeah, just kind of makes sense. So thanks. I think you guys got anything like to close out if you oh i will tell you um if you have a uh holly efi need it tuned <laughs> eric did just get back from the school uh down in kentucky so yes he can, i did he can program your uh your so boost. i do have all i have all the pieces for a 350 all right down in the garage right now everything's ready to go i got the kit ready so you know, I don't know how late you want to hang out, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for the year coming up. Um, I wanted to kind of get into this as we're gonna start with, uh, you know, Mark got his food plot stuff and bringing Eric in on some turkey hunts and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that, that's uh, kind of where we're at right now. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.